Now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I, you notice he partly believed it. He didn't just swallow it up, like some of you do. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are proved may be made manifest among you. You know this? <laughs> when you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone take it before other his own supper. And one is hungry, and another is drunken. What? Have you not houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not. What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do? Amen. We're having Memorial Day celebration every Sunday. Amen. Hallelujah. We're doing it in remembrance of him. All right? After the same manner also, he took the cup when he has up, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned by the world. All right, let me do this for a quick second. I want to read New Living Translation. <clears throat> uh, Verse 27, okay, let me read 26. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating 
and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick, and some have even died. But if we will examine ourselves, we will not be judged by God in this way. Yet, when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, my dear brothers and sisters, when you gather for the Lord's Supper, wait for each other. If you are really hungry, eat at home. So you won't bring judgment upon yourselves when you meet together. I'll give you instructions about the other matters after I arrive. And then we didn't get those. Hallelujah. Thank God for the ones we got. Glory to God. Father, thank you. We give you praise this morning. Thank you for bringing us into true communion. Whatever breaches that exist with us, O Lord, may this blood resolve it. Whatever is imperfect in our conscience, may this blood resolve it. Help us to judge ourselves. Help us to repent. Help us to make corrections that your grace will cover us this morning. That we'll drink life and not death. We celebrate the Lord Jesus this morning. And we believe that everything he has purchased for us belongs to us. We give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for utterance. Thank you for the prophetic. Thank you for a word in season. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. The reason I will read such a text and keep going over these mysteries is because we are warring with Satan, who is a snake. What the enemy does is for you to come to church and not hear anything. So you remain unchanged. Even while I'm preaching, he gives you things to do. And you say you are listening, but you are being distracted. So you go through the motions of worship, but you never change. How do we know you don't change? You don't change because you react the same way, over the same thing. Okay? This is another way of putting it. How do we know you are dead? This one says, when you don't get back up. No. (laughs) That's not how you know you're dead. How we know you're dead is when you are pinched. You don't respond. But if every time you, you are pinched, you fight back, then you are not dead. Because death, watch, is not not breathing. Death is separation from God. That's the same lie Satan told Adam and Eve. He said, you will not die. Because they thought that, of course, they didn't know what death was. Nobody knew what death was. So he was convincing them that they would not stop breathing. And then when they ate the fruit, they kept breathing. But they knew that spiritually, everything had changed. So what am I telling you? The whole idea of coming to church is that you determine that when I come to church, I'm going to leave it a different person. I say it again. You determine that every time you step through these doors, that you're going to hear from God. 
You're going to receive from God. And then you're going to take something with you that will cause you to get closer to him every day. Hallelujah. So that you will not remain the same. Because religion makes you comfortable even when you're not intimate with the Lord. But being a spiritual man, every time you kneel down and you're praying and your fellowship is broken and you don't see his face, his face is not lighting your heart. You panic. You know that you need to do something in a hurry to get right. Amen. Come on. Do I have true believers in the house? Who know? You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. But now watch. But if you kneel down and you're praying and then that connection is not there and you're comfortable. That says that you've been had. You've been had. So that's why he says, you cannot forget that I'm the reason you walk through those doors. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You cannot forget it. it's because of me that you're giving your tithes. You cannot forget it is me you are singing to. Whether the music is good or not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a love affair. Glory to God. My heart is... Hungering for him. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I want more. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, shout it with me. More. more. Not less. More of him. More. Glory to God. Now, I want to point out few snake strategies. I've been talking about one in particular. Because when God started correcting me, it was years ago in India that one day God said to me, you know, being an onuzor is more important to you than being my son. That's when he started correcting me about this matter. That most people think of their natural family as higher than their relationship with the house of God or the children of God. And so they will do things to fellow believers. They will talk against fellow believers. They will, you know, have those that they diss and those that they like. Yeah. Not knowing that they're lost. Amen. Come on. He said, because, he says, if you don't understand the body of Christ and put it where it belongs. He said, don't touch that bread. Amen. Because that's what it is. Amen. He said, this is my body. My body is not my physical flesh, Jesus said. My body is my church. Hallelujah. We are the body of Christ. And you have to allow the Holy Spirit to drive that devil out of you. So that your brothers and sisters in Christ are your covenant. Members of your family. Hallelujah. But that's not the way it is in America. I've been preaching this thing. But it keeps going in your one ear and going out the other. You have to know this. If you look at the church in the wilderness, the Bible says, that when God was upset, when, when Israel went into idolatry, and Aaron made them a calf, do you know what God said? 
for God to return to the nation, for there to be peace in Israel, and the glory will protect them from their enemies. He said, let every man guard his sword. Anybody that has gone to serve Baal, eh? he said, even if it's your mama, even if it's your brother, he said, kill him. You see now, you hardly find an American preacher that will preach that to you. But it is, it is written. And he says, if you don't understand this, it may not be so obvious here, but when I go overseas, I watch myself like a hawk over these things. Because there's nothing you receive from God that you should act in such a way to make someone else feel bad. He says you wound the body of Christ. I would rather give my money or give help to cause everybody to feel that God is blessing them too. You don't have to believe me. I do this all the time. Because I know that if you don't preserve the integrity of the body of Christ in your life, you're going to bump down to group D. Because Jesus died for his church. Let me borrow you. So now, he said that Jesus is the head. All right? If you separate the head from the body, will he be alive? Don't you see? Even though he's the head, he must stay attached to the, his body. And so when you start messing with his body, what will this head do? You see? We are all members of his body. Some of them, some of us are his hands. Hallelujah. Some of, some of us are his feet. We go get the job done. Some of us are his heart. We are the intercessors that carry the burdens. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Some of us are the lifeline, the blood. Hallelujah. Are you hearing? But if, you're, if you say you're just dealing with the head and you diss the whole body, you become the enemy of the head. Because if I start punching his stomach right now, he will react. The head will tell him, that's an enemy, punch him. Hmm? He says, amen. <laughs> you shouldn't be so, so quick to say that, amen. <laughs> I know you got muscles, but I got something for you now. <laughs> Okay, now, so we fail to understand this mystery. And I'm trying to deliver you from this thing. You must be part of the body of Christ. You are not the head. Watch. What is cancer? Cancer is when an organ of the body starts warring against the body. What should be part of the system? Starts worrying. So you have to constantly 
Fight against the enemy so he will not make you a cancer in the body. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. You have to understand that war. So God will love you. God can trust you. God knows that where you are, he has somebody who will represent him. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. You see? Now watch. The smallest part of this body is the little pinky toe. Do you know how it hurts when you hit it against something? And the whole body is now in pain. Now watch. That is how the Lord hurts when one member is wounded. I heard something from uh, Jesse DePlantis, and I said, hmm, that's why this guy got all the money and uh, all that the heart could wish. He said that uh, he was about to leave the house one day, and he could sense that the Lord was sad. I said, hmm, that's a new one. So he said he stopped and went back to his office, and he started worshiping, and he asked the Lord, Lord, why are you sad? He said, and the Lord said to him that one of his precious sons just disappointed him by what he did. So he ministered to the Lord and encouraged him and blessed him, and then the Lord felt fine. I said, hey, that's why they get all the money. I haven't had that conversation yet. <laughs> I mean, I'm being funny, but I'm saying... You know, when a man talks, you see the entrance he has. But I'm sharing the testimony so you will know that the things that we allow Satan to make us do causes the whole body to hurt. And there's no way the body can hurt except the brain is sensing the hurt. You know this? I'm not a doctor, but I know that there are transmitters all over the body. And they're all connected through the nervous system to the brain. I don't know how many calculations that go on in the brain, but I think it's in the billions every minute. All right, so you use the natural to understand the spiritual. So the Corinthian church started out well, and he said, after a while, when they come to church, everybody started bringing food. But it was supposed to be the Lord's Supper. And they, now they moved into the one, what do you all call it in America? Co covered dish? A potluck? The one everybody brings something. Potluck. So you've gone from the Lord's Supper... American potluck. Watch. So all of a sudden, the snake always slithers into something. You have to watch the snake. It slithers into everything. So immediately, Satan get in it. And now people saw it as a way to show how much they have. So you, you make a spread for yourself. And while you are eating, you see these people that don't have any. 
He said, you are wounding the body of Christ. And he says, if you do that, and then you come to eat this, he says, you drink damnation to yourself. Because you didn't understand, not discerning who the body is. Not discerning the Lord's body. The Lord's body is not his physical limbs in heaven. The Lord's body is you and I. I'm going to keep teaching these things until our attitudes change towards everybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's when the glory will be stronger and the enemy will, the snake will literally run out the door. Hallelujah. I, I told you I went to a church to preach and I was amazed at the level of pride that was in that place. And I said, to them, I said, listen, I can sense that many of you have all these big degrees. I said, and that's why the glory will not flow in this church. I said, can you all go back out and check in your degrees at the door? And then re-enter the church as sons of God. So we can worship. I said, forget that you're a pharmacist. Forget that you're a doctor. Forget that you're an engineer. Whatever you is, check it in at the door. Hallelujah. This has been a week of spiritual surgery. Have you allowed the Holy Spirit to do the work? This particular area is so sensitive to the Holy Spirit. This is where I've experienced my greatest warfare in America, ministry. That people will side with their families and believe that it is okay when their family members are wrong. But they say, because it is my family, I will stand with them, even though it's contravening the word of God. And you find chaos and strife and all kinds of things. And people judge other people. You have cliques, those that go with those and those that don't. And That is ignorance, the body of Christ. There's one family of God on earth. Your true family is your brothers and sisters in Christ. Your natural family, they are important. But if they are not saved, you're going to be parting forever. This is the message that's needed in America. Maintain family relationships in covenant with the word of God. But tell yourself the truth. Tell your family members the truth. If you see, as I said in the message, when Israel went to idolatry, God told every man to guard a sword, kill your brother, kill your mama, kill your sister. It doesn't matter who they are. If they are going to stand with this idolatry, kill them. Otherwise, then you too will get killed. You need to get in line on the side of God. Otherwise, God was going to leave Israel. We thank God for Jesus that we are not forced into those kinds of things today. Physically, but spiritually happens. Spiritually happens. You must take a stand for the Lord Jesus. You must stand for God's family. You must stop allowing Satan to use you. And you have these, your pedigree and esoteric, esoteric exclusive uh cliques that you flow in. And you run people down because they may not be educated or they may not have as much money as you have. 
overseas. I see how people treat other people because they drive them or they are serving them and they act like kings. I say, are you sure you are still in touch with the Lord? Because the way you are handling these people, they are not treating them as sons of God. They are treating them as, you know, servants and, and slaves based on money. <laughs> God taught me these things and I'm preaching it and I'm pushing it. And you know, there's the other side. I've humbled myself. I had a group of, sometimes I, had, I went to one ministry and about eight guys were moving with me. My God, what am I doing with eight guys? But they understand the security system there. So I, I had them and I was serving them. And I noticed that one of them now started becoming prideful. If you saw how he was about to react to me, I said, look at this fool. He's about to lose his life. When a leader humbles themselves and you're going to now trash me because I humbled myself, the, your judgment will be so swift. You won't even know what happened to you. And I was almost going to revert back to putting them in their place. And God said, why would you let a fool seduce you? So I ignored him. And it was like he faded out, like he wasn't even among the group anymore. And the others continued to get blessed. And I watched that the glory has bypassed him. These things are so precise. Hallelujah. I've said to the preachers, if the Lord Jesus operated like you, as you operate today, will uh, uh, the woman with the issue of blood, will she have gotten her breakthrough? Will she have been able to reach you, to touch you, to get her breakthrough? <laughs> huh? I've given people hugs, a boom, they got a breakthrough or experienced a healing or a deliverance. You must remain accessible. Somebody said to me years ago, you're too accessible. I said, then why would I be recluse? I said, I'm recluse when I'm spending time with God, but I'm not afraid of any devil. And shortly after that, you know how you will hear such a counsel trying to get you off track and then Satan would attack you to convince you that the counsel was right. I said, I know the word of God. You're not going to deceive me. Because shortly after that woman said that to me, I came in one Sunday morning, and this lady was sent by Satan to hug me. As soon as she hugged me, man, this is like a demon just collapsed onto me and wrapped me up. My God, I was in shock. I ran straight to my seat inside the sanctuary and knelt down. And just said, Lord, you saw what just happened. Touch me. And I just waited there until the glory descended on me and the chains loosed. And I stayed the same. So no devil can get this done. That was a strategic counsel from Satan to route me into this exclusive seclusional thing. And I refused and I stayed the same. And I've been blessed going out and coming in. When I'm leaving, I see people crying that I'm leaving because it, my, my presence is such a refreshing to all of them, because the other leaders act like little gods. Learn from us. Come to conquest. Become a vessel of God's glory. Your life will not remain the same. Your ministry will be transformed. Your leaders will love you and follow you, as mine do. 20 years, no strife. 20 years, blessed. 20 years, flowing together. Glory to God. God bless you, beloved. This is our heart. Receive us and be blessed in Jesus' mighty name. This is part of our communion service we just witnessed. See you Sunday morning or otherwise, we'll see you here.
on Monday, on the verse of resurrection. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you. Bye-bye.